We did it. I still can't believe we got this project done so fast and so well. When I'm in New York. I'm in Chicago. And I'm in L.A. But we're making it happen in Miro. Together. Our best work just happens faster on Miro's collaborative online whiteboard. No more scheduling meeting after meeting for work that could happen from anywhere. Whether it's getting design feedback here, mapping timelines here, or brainstorming next steps here. It all just happens on the Miro board. Exactly. And it's nice not having to wait an entire day to get sign off from this guy. Hey! Well, it is true. See how Miro users save up to 80 hours every year by meeting less and doing more. Get on board at Miro.com. The first three boards are free forever. That's M-I-R-O.com. Hello, everyone. This is Monique with Monique. Ugh, another pointless video call where nothing gets done. I think you're on mute, David. Uh, oh, sorry. What did I miss? IT just approved Miro for the whole company. Miro? That's the... Online whiteboard for team collaboration. We can make these long video meetings so much shorter with Miro boards. We can share ideas, feedback, and updates on them whenever. Actually see what we're talking about. It's all online. Miro will make our flexible work setup so much easier. With one virtual space for our brainstorms, projects, presentations. Oh, that sounds kind of amazing. So I don't need to wake up for 6 a.m. calls with the London office anymore. Now you're getting it. Don't let time zones get in the way of your team working well together. See why 99% of the Fortune 100 trust Miro to get good work done from anywhere. Get your first three boards free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. This year, millions will be diagnosed with low energy, but Planet Fitness has the cure. Boost your energy with tons of equipment in our clean and spacious clubs for $1 down and $10 a month. Join the judgment-free zone today. Deal extended to Wednesday, April 12th. See Home Club for details. Collins Ministries, and I'm coming to you today to talk about slavery and racism and how it was seen from a biblical perspective. I want to first give you a definition of what systematic racism is on Let's Talk About It. Racism resulting from the inherited basis and prejudice of the policies and practice of social and political organizations, groups, or institutions. It is also called institutional racism, a term coined by black power activist Charles V. Hamilton and Stokely Carmichael, later known as Quam Purer, to distinguish it from individual racism, which is typically more overt. Systematic racism keeps the minorities of this, of this city com- confident to dilapidated apartment buildings and slums, racial profiling by the police, and an act of systematic racism and we won't stand for it. So this is how racism is viewed from a human standard. This is how racism is viewed from men of color, black men. But I want to go a little further about not just the definition of racism, but I want to take it a little further to say that 
racism was stem, is stemmed from slavery. We can take this as far back as the book of Exodus. And in the book of Exodus, chapter 21, the word reads, The Lord gave Moses the following laws for his people. If you buy a Hebrew slave, he must remain your slave for six years. But in the seventh year, you must set him free without cost to him. If he was single at the time you bought him, he alone must be set free. But if he was married at the time, both he and his wife must be given their freedom. If you give him a wife and they have children, only the man himself must be set free. His wife and his children remain the property of his owner. But suppose the slave loves his wife and children so much that he won't leave without them. Then he must stand behind either the door or the doorpost at the place of worship while his owner purchases purchase a small hole through one of his ears with a sharp metal rod. This makes him a slave for life. A young woman who was sold by her father doesn't gain her freedom. In the same way that a man does if, if she doesn't please the man who bought her to be his wife. He must let her be bought back. He cannot sell her to foreigners. This would break the contract he made with her. If he selects her as a wife for his son, he must treat her as his own daughter. If the man later married another woman, he must continue to provide food and clothing for the one he bought and to treat her as a wife. If he fails to do any of these things, she must be given her freedom without cost. As you can see in the book of Exodus, in that time, in that setting, and in that region, slavery, I'm sorry, slavery was very prevalent. And the Lord, because he chose the Jewish race to show his power in, he set, set these rules in place because he did not want his people to mistreat slaves that they had ownership to. The Israelites themselves, I'm sorry, the Jewish people themselves were slaves at the hand of the Egyptians. And a lot of people, to my knowledge, people I have spoken with, even in the church community, did not realize that the Egyptians were, Af were actually Africans. So we had a race of African people that ruled over the chosen people God had, which were the Jews. And it's kind of funny because I did it. I went and I did my DNA with 23andMe. And I'm a Creole. I'm from Louisiana. So I knew I had African in me. I knew I had European in me. I knew I had some Indian in me. But what shocked me was when I did my DNA, it shocked me because I'm 75.5% of 
of African, I have African descent blood in me from different cultures, from different races within that region. And then I'm 22.2% of European. There's no French. I have more European in me, British and Irish, Scandinavian, Northern um, European, Eastern European. But what shocked me the most was I have 2.1 of Ashkenazi Jew within me, which is from the European side. And I did some studying about that to come to find out that it's the woman Ashkenazi Jew that carries the, the DNA, not the man. And I also discovered that the women on my mother's side, as my great-grandmother and so on, she was the she was an Ashkenazi Jew. She came from that lineage. But I also did a DNA for my husband. And we found out that he has DNA from Pharaoh's lineage, which is Pharaoh's son, Ramsey III. And the Bible has become so much of light because he has DNA from the African tribe that tried to oppress or did oppress the Jewish people or the Jewish people, people that I have roots with as well. And so we, we, we're seeing from the Bible that slavery, slavery was always edible and one race trying to suppress another. However, the Lord allowed the Jews to become slaves. But in that, in, in that instance in the Bible, the Lord wanted to show his power. And he chose that particular race, the Egyptians, to show his power. <clears throat> now we come to another sector where we have Hitler. Hitler, who was a Nazi German, who despised and hated the Jewish people. And they went through gas chambers, they marked them, they raped their women, and so much. Because, again, a race of people who want to be superior to another race of people. And, and that part, 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 and part, is willing to kill. There's no love, and God is a God of love. And then... They've taken the word of God to try to like implement that to say that it's God's will. Then we forward that where we have the Europeans who were oppressed in their own state of being and they wanted a new, they wanted a new territory. But then at what price did that territory come? They came and literally stole land for people that were already here, which were the Indians. And then they named someone, Christopher Columbus, who discovered America. How can somebody discover something when somebody was already here? And we know if you read history and you go through history, you'll realize that there was a war 
a civil war. A civil war. First of all, the war was killing all the Indians off, taking the land from the Indians and taking the Indians, which was their land, and putting them on a reservation and controlling that with guns and knives because all they had was spears and and hacks and, and axes and things like that. And so they came and they stole their land. They bribed their leaders and they they sold things. They, they had them to turn against each other with rum and wine. And then they brought their less fortunate people, which were the indentured service, servants, servers, to work this land. But because they were too weak, the Indians were too weak to, to work it. Their own indentured servants. Leftovers. Or. The DMV. Number 97. Or. House cleaning. Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We were prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Servants were too weak to work it. So then they started going to the coast of Africa. West Indy. Nigeria. Lebanon, all of these areas, Congolese. How do I know? Because the the different the different um, African races that I'm giving you, those are the different DNAs that I have within me. So I know that from those regions, that my descendants came from there, from the African roots. And yes, you had. African leaders who sold their own people for rum and wine and money. But then it got to a point where they weren't selling people anymore. The dominant race, and I call, I call the Europeans dominant because they were the ones with the money. They were the ones with the guns. They were the ones that had the firing power to, in chains to take these Africans and put them on slave ships. Not by choice, by force, where women were beaten and raped and they didn't feed them for days at a time and they had them in shackles and I can go on and on. It was not beautiful. So then they bring them to America and they force them to work the land for economical reasons. And then we have presidents, Abraham Lincoln, who set, who passed the bill to set the slaves free, but he himself was a slave owner. This is history. This is truth. And because America was built on the backs of someone else and things that were stolen, now we have it today. We have a president that some people love. And some people even call him a man of God. But would a man of God bring forth hate and racism? First it started with the Mexicans. Taking 
good, honest, Mexican working hard people and dividing them and tearing them apart. Going after the DACA program and wanting, wanting children who were born in this country to go back to their land. Then pushing hate so that the hate groups, the KKK, can show up again. Running people over in protest, carrying guns. Then you have the police department, which a lot of people in the body of Christ say we are supposed to respect them because they're God's servants. Not all of them are God's servants. If we are not basing the word of God and what I do and what I say, it is racism. There's racism in the church where because of the color of your skin, one church may not want another church member to go. That is not of God because God said all of his children are equal. And when a person is pushed into a corner long enough, fighting will come. And I have something to say about this. It goes implementing slavery by the basis, by basing it on the word of God. We as Christians have lived in a world where racism was based on the so-called foundation of the Bible. The slave masters applied scriptures from the Bible to control the minds of slaves. Today, how do we see this same thing happening in the world today as it relates to leaders of all government and leaders in the church telling us what we sh what and how we should obey. We have people, leaders in the church that are telling Christians that leaders that are in places right now that God chose them. I don't believe that one bit. I have the gift of prophecy. And the man that is in leadership position today, that was not God's chosen man. We can go back. I can go back to biblical teachings and, and, um, and the book of Kings where the Jews was tired of God. They didn't want God speaking to them because God is a just and loving God and God will judge justly. So they called on wanting a, a king like everybody else. In other countries. But guess what? God was still in control because he chose that king and that king was Saul. And Saul, because he was man, he was inferior, infuriated towards David, who came from the same tribe. And that's racism right there. He was jealous of who David was, he was paranoid because he thought that David was going to take his throne. In retrospect, God already knew that. That's why he chose David for the throne. But do you see racism within a race? Yes. Racism comes in many forms and different shapes. And I used to always tell people when they spoke to me, people of my own race, and I would tell them, I'm not black. And they go, what do you mean? You're white? No, I'm not white either. I'm Creole because my, my heritage and my ethnicity intertwine with one another. 
My parents made me aware of who I was and who I am. First, I understood that I was a child of the living God. Second, I understood because of the color of my skin, I would go through things in life. I had to be better than the next person. I had to have the education that I needed to have because of the way society looked at me as a woman of color. And I know there were times I went in jobs and I had more qualification than my Anglo counterpart. But they were given more finance than I was. More, my, their salary was higher. But I always knew that God would make ways where there were no ways. And I didn't settle. I didn't look for a handout for somebody to give me something. I worked my butt off. And I work my butt off now for what I do. Even in this, this ministry. Walking and just working it out. And speaking the truth. We have to speak truth in the body of Christ. There is racism. There's racism in the Jewish community where the Sephardic doesn't like the Ashkenazi. And then we've got the Ethiopians. And then you have the Orthodox Jews that are saying, oh, not even one pinch of blood would you be considered Jew. Again, this is man. This is not God. However, in the body of Christ, Jews and Gentiles are one with God. And I'm a living proof. I'm a Gentile, but yet I am, I have Jewish blood. There is a, there's some Jewish roots connection. I have some African connection. I have some European connection. I have some Indian connection. I have some Asian connection. So am I black? How can you define somebody as being black and the men and women, especially the men that are being portrayed by their counterpart when they may even have, they may be connected in some way. But again, it's a white race who fights other races. And as you can see right now, black lives matter, but all lives matter. Because I live here in the state of Texas where the Hispanic population and the Mexican population is very high. And I say even the Mexicans and the Hispanic people are being mistreated. We in the body of Christ must come together and have the mind, heart of Christ. I found this fitting. It comes from the book of Ecclesiastics. And it says, a time for everything. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a, I'm sorry, a time to, yeah, a time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. 
And we are in that time. Let's go back to the book of Ecclesiastic. It's a time for all those things under the sun. When another race tries to suppress another race, when another race tries to brainwash other races, that is racism in its full entirety. And I, as a black woman, a woman of color, I have seen racism firsthand. But because of me knowing who I am and what I am in Christ, that has never, ever affected me because I was always taught. I come from Louisiana. They taught you to know who you are. They taught me to know that nobody's better than I am. They taught me that I'm a child of God and I carry myself in such a way. There are statistics that go out about the black community, the community of color. And these statistics, <coughs> excuse me, are not always accurate. They're always portraying people of less standards. <coughs> and that doesn't mean people who, who have less are bad people. But if you portray that enough to a given race, what are you bringing up? What are you conjuring up? Fear. Fear to the utmost. It doesn't matter. I'm a woman of color, black. If I go to down in the hood, I would have some reservations. Because that's another tribe of people with different thoughts and a different mindset. I was not raised that way. And the sad thing about it is, is there is racism in the church. And you can hear it in the sermons now. It's not, we are not to teach our own thing. We are to teach the word of God. And we are to take that with biblical truths. Truths. And just like some say they want to defund the government. I mean, defund the, the police department. No, we don't need to defund the police department. We need to have the police department have their police officers to be accountable for the things they do. They need to have people of communities on boards to be able to be the voice of a community, not a group of people that are making the decisions. World, we are in a different age. The Bible talks about it. What was will be again. As I've said in prophecies that I've spoken before, there are, there's a cycle and the cycles are just going to continue to increase. The storms will continue to increase. But things that were, it is again, but just in a different form. Hatred has shown itself on a whole nother level. And through racism, through genders, through belief systems, through criminal system, the court system, judicial systems, um, entertainment systems, church community. I mean, all these systems, they're falling apart. But one thing we have to remember, and this is what we must remember, it's this. 
If you are a child of the living God. If you are a child of the living God. We will always continue to have that mindset. Because he that lives in us is greater than he that is in this world. We must, regardless of what we're seeing, we must speak truth. We must stand up for righteousness and not hate. We must stand up for love and justice. It doesn't matter if you're black, white, yellow, brown, or red. We are all God's children in his sight. You have leaders who have the Nebuchadnezzar mindset. This is my kingdom. This is my world. And I will do what I want to do. There's only one God that sits on the throne. Only one. And his name is Jesus Christ. And, and, and I'm going to read this. And it talks about leaders and seasoned people in the body of Christ. We as Christians can utilize the same mind game by applying the Bible to manipulate individuals to be controlled by saying, this is what the scripture means. And the history and the meaning is so far from what the scripture was intended to portray. One, because of this, false prophets and many people follow these people because they claim to be men and women of God. Second, men and women of God have utilized scriptures and twist the Bible to carry out their sick agendas by pushing hate, by pushing political agendas, by pushing um, mindsets and goals that suit their preference. For example, people like Jim Jones, David Koresh, do you remember those people who use the word of who use the, the word of God to impregnate and incriminate people? So we better be careful of these false teachers and false prophets. You have leaders in the body of Christ who have falsely claimed that God, Jesus, Yeshua, chose the president of the United States. Remember this. The Lord always chooses people for his purpose. And people to do his will. To illustrate, in the book of 1 Samuel, the Jews wanted a king and not God. And God gave them saw as their king. In the same way, many people who are in the body of Christ has done the same thing, yet they have not concretely established why would the Lord choose the acting president of the Western world. In a like manner, this world was built for God's purpose and God's glory coupled with God showing that he is all and he is everything. We can also look at this where some people and leaders in the body of Christ have gone so far to call certain leaders chosen by God. 
coupled with calling a particular leader a man of God or a man after God's own heart, and hath even compared him to King David. And some have gone so far to compare this leader to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Indeed, my personal view is that I have seen this person who is a racist of all people, that he is inferior to, in addition to claim to be a man of God. Nevertheless, I see a person who is a narcissistic, bipolar, borderline personality disorder, and a man who has the spirit of Nebuchadnezzar. I judge not by what I not what I do not see, but what I see. And this person also has a spirit of high, high Hitler. And we have to be careful, very careful, that whomever calls themselves a man of God, that it better line up with scripture. We have Adolf Hitler, who was a German uh, politician and leader of the Nazi party. He rose to power as the Chancellor of Germany in 1933 and then as Führer in 1934. During his dictatorship from 1933 to 1945, he initiated World War II in Europe by invading Poland on 1st September 1939. He was closely involved in military operations throughout the war and was um, central to the perpetuation of the Holocaust, the systematic extermination of an estimated of 6 million Jews and 5 million others, such as communists, socialists, gypsies, and homosexuals. In the same way, the acting leader of the Western world has strong characteristics of a high Hitler. We as God's people need to stop fighting with each other. We need to stop fighting and saying, oh, you know, um, you know, um, they just need to leave this or that alone. If we can remember, as far as even biblical, what did the Jews have to do to take over a territory? Before there's any freedom, there will always be war. Before there's any change, there will always be war. When a, when a, when a person, again, I'll say this, when a person back is pushed against the wall long enough, they will come out fighting. And I, as a Christian woman who loves God, who has God's spirit, still experience racism in life. And no one of another race can tell me what I should and should not feel or what I should and should not say. I am a child of God. But we have people in this world that have been taught racism since birth. That one race is superior over another. And that does not come from God. God made us all unique in our own way. And we need to embrace each other 
and the things and the uniqueness of our cultures that God has made. Even in the Bible, David, King David's son, Absalom, what did Absalom do? Raped his sister, half-sister, then he came after his own dad. Angry, upset, he wanted his dad's throne. Racism, do not let racism run deep. Because what you don't understand is that a person who is racist to another person, that's hatred. And you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, we must apply the word of God in everything that we do. Because if we don't, we can get caught up in this world and we can let hatred come upon us. And so my prayer, even for the president of this United States, not that God would be with him, because I hear many people saying, God be with him. No, let them turn from their wicked ways and then God will hear from heaven. This is God's universe. And anybody that's pushing anything but God's agenda will be moved out of the way. So this is just a food for thought. Let us always apply everything with the word of God. And I end this in closing by saying, all of those who have an ear to hear what the word has been spoken. Let you digest it. Let it be digested in our spirit and in our soul. And let us take every event that we are seeing and make sure that it is lined up with the word of God. And I do not, I do not um, put my finger of approval on people who are vandalizing and hurting other people, regardless of your color. No one has a right to vandalize anyone else's property. No one does. What we all need to do is bring forth legislation that will help us, help us, to break barriers because if leadership does not listen let's go back to the Bible Saul if you don't do what is right kingdoms will be torn this is June 27th of 2020 I hope everyone enjoyed this broadcast. Give me some feedback on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And I've got much more to share. And again, keep your body, your soul, and your spirit fixated on God and God's word. And let the Holy Spirit come and heal you. Because if not, you can get caught up. 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.